This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, after changes to TSP policy, federal employees are contributing more than ever to their retirement. The Census Bureau is stepping up hiring efforts as we get nearer to the 2020 count. And the Postal Service lays out its newest plan to get back in the black. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Federal employees are contributing and saving more for retirement due to two thrift savings plan policy changes over the past few decades. The Congressional Budget Office says participation among federal employees in the TSP went up 22 percent after the government introduced an employer match. Average employee contribution rates went up as well to 3.5% due to that policy. CBO says automatic enrollment drove up employee participation in the TSP another 13%. Employee contribution rates went up less than 1% due to automatic enrollment. Two months out from the start of the 2020 census for most households, the Census Bureau has ramped up its recruiting efforts for on-the-ground work to hire up to 500,000 enumerators. The Bureau has received 1.7 million job applications and seeks about another million. Most enumeration work will begin in mid-May. At this point in recruitment, the Bureau now receives 25,000 applications a day. In an effort to course-correct from more than a decade of net financial losses, the Postal Service has released its long-awaited five-year business plan. The plan looks to update training and career paths for postal employees and revamp its pay-for-performance system. The plan comes nearly eight months after Postmaster General Megan Brennan updated the House Oversight and Reform Committee about the agency's work on a 10-year plan. Many of the recommendations require legislation from Congress, regulatory rollback from the Postal Regulatory Commission, or negotiations with the postal unions to go into effect. On the year anniversary of the Evidence-Based Policymaking Act, HUD finalizes its data rules of the road. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller with the details. The Department of Housing and Urban Development now has plans and milestones for how it can use its data to drive decisions. HUD worked with the Data and Analytics Center of Excellence at GSA to develop a new charter for the Office of the Chief Data Officer. Agencies had to name a CDO last July as part of the Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. The new charter sets clear expectations for the CDO and the business value the office can provide. It includes both agency and federal data strategy priorities. I'm Jason Miller. A new draft strategic plan details four broad areas for how the federal government can drive health IT. The Department of Health and Human Services Office of the National Coordinator for Health Information Technology released the draft strategy yesterday after working with 25 other federal agencies to outline goals and initiatives. ONC says the plan will help decrease provider burden and open up new business models throughout the health app economy. Comments on the draft strategy are due by March 18th. House Democrats and the Interior Department continue to spar over the agency's plans to relocate employees at the Bureau of Land Management. House Natural Resources Committee Chairman Raul Grijalva and Interior Secretary David Bernhardt are exchanging letters over the BLM relocation. Bernhardt recently told the House Committee he will move BLM headquarters with no limitation, but Grijalva says Interior has not fulfilled its obligation to communicate its plans for the relocation to Congress. Congress did not appropriate any funding for the BLM relocation in the 2020 budget. 
Two Democratic senators are asking the Secretary of the Army why the Army Reserve allegedly mishandled reports of sexual assault. Senators Tammy Duckworth and Richard Durbin sent a letter yesterday asking Secretary Ryan McCarthy for a comprehensive review. Reports from the Associated Press indicated the 416th Theater Engineer Command violated law and policy in several ways, including by failing to refer assault allegations to criminal investigators. The chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee escalates a feud with the VA for what he calls a flippant response to sexual assault allegations. Federal News Network's Tom Temin has more. California's Mark DeCano is steamed at Secretary Robert Wilkie, who said unsubstantiated claims could deter veterans from seeking care. DeCano fires back, calling it outrageous that Wilkie cast doubt on a credible assault claim. At issue is the case of a female committee staff member who in September told police she was assaulted by a man at VA's Washington, D.C. Medical Center. I'm Tom Temin. An audit by the Defense Department's Inspector General found DOD is starting to implement tools to track overprescription of opioids, but the data they've produced so far is unreliable. Based on a review of medical records at three facilities, the IG found patients received unusually high doses for years at a time in some cases because DOD wasn't adequately monitoring physicians. Local staff told auditors that doctors tend not to challenge each other's prescription practices as a professional courtesy. Tablets are being tested by the Air Force to help train new airmen faster. The tablets use an adaptive learning platform that tests airmen in basic training using multiple choice, fill-in-the-blank, and true-or-false questions. It then uses information from the way the trainees study to reinforce tough material. Two classes at Joint Base San Antonio-Lackland are using the tablets. The Air Force is testing the technology for six months and then will evaluate further usage. An application aimed at helping airmen keep a budget is coming out with some new features. The Air Force Aid Society Budget Builder app will offer more enhanced expense tracking and spending categories. It will also have customized budget reporting features and can receive real-time Aid Society news and program updates. The Air Force originally released the app in 2018 to help airmen and their families improve how they save and budget money each month. The application is available through the App Store and on Google Play. And the Navy is expanding one of its additive manufacturing facilities at its Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division Lakehurst. The facility is adding more 3D printing machines to increase production capacity and speed. The Navy is exploring the use of additive manufacturing to create aviation parts that would not be possible through traditional manufacturing methods. Those machines help build parts that are no longer available in the supply chain. Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division Lakehurst first opened in 2015 with a team of four people. It is now expanded to more than 20 engineers. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. 